Good unspecified time of day. Uh, welcome to uh, Carl and Richard present Deep Space and Dragons. I'm Carl. And I'm Richard. And her splash screen clearly says Richard and Carl present, but I appreciate your little coup d'etat attempt. It, it warms my heart. <laughs> I, well, I mean, I, I did the opening, right? Like that's Plus, I mean, that's, it's alphabetical. Like, why do you not have it alphabetical? Because I'm a narcissist. <laughs> I mean, if uh, well, so uh, what's what's new with you this week, Richard? Well, as I posted on a couple of my social medias, I'm in final exams week, which means pretty much nothing. Nothing is new with me. I've been work. So I've never actually had to study in my life because of my natural ability to memorize mm. text. But some of these assignments mm -hmm. are so out there that I've actually had to like try and learn things. And it's been an experience. So Try and learn things, alright. Well, the thing is, I procrastinated this weekend, like, to inhuman levels. Like, I got a new haircut, I washed every dish in the apartment, I combed and bathed my cat. Like, my ability to find things to do that are not practicing these copy-edit worksheets are kind of infinite. Hmm. I even took our stage play we were writing and made an interactive visual novel out of it just to see how it would look on stage. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, that sounds like schoolwork. I mean, I guess I guess that's not doing copy editing, but... I mean... That, that sounds like the most productive weekend you've had in, like, a year. I mean, I also streamed a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure interact uh, RPG for the Super Nintendo that I found a translation for, which is peak productivity. <laughs> Like, I appreciate that JoJo's Bizarre Adventure has seniority on me as a human being. <laughs> For something that came out, like, brand new on Netflix this weekend, I love that it has a Super Nintendo game. <laughs> that, that is pretty, pretty amazing. So, what's new in the Carlverse? Well, I mean, so there's uh, there's been some floods in BC, as, as I'm sure you're aware um, and, uh, apparently that means that there is a mushroom and pineapple shortage in Saskatchewan. <laughs> oh, your stories just take such beautiful trajectories. Please continue. Well, uh, I don't know if my boss can see the future or not, but over the past several months, uh, he's apparently stockpiled 75 cases of pineapples <laughs> in his garage, so... TJ's Pizza, not running out of pineapple during this shortage. Oh, uh, to tell you a somewhat related story. So for our creative nonfiction unit, they had you write a story from your history. So I actually wrote about Redacted Pizza when I was Redacted Doughmaker in Redacted Middle of Nowhere. <laughs> and went on a lengthy mm -hmm. tirade about how people should not judge pizza based on the toppings and baked apple is a completely valid pizza topping. So whenever I hear a pizza story... <laughs> I'm just like, you know what people in my class know about Carl? That he's the person I throw casual shade at who works at a redacted pizza. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I mean, yeah, maybe maybe not giving out too much personal information. Well, I Ooh, mean, boy. at the very least, you should probably, like, bill your boss for this casual self, this casual advertising campaign we just did, mentioning that they have pineapple. <laughs> Yeah, we got pineapples for days. Uh, 
But all joking aside, if you'd like to support the show, purchase a copy of The Waltz of Blades, either paperback, hardcover, or digital deluxe, and tune in to the end of the episode for your chance to win a copy. Uh, are are you did you did you just get replaced by a robot is that first off they've tried to replace with a robot but the problem is the robot doesn't have my flaws so Mm. when i start doing things perfectly and correctly it just sends up red flags like if i make it from point a to Mm. point b and didn't get lost that's a red flag (laughs) if my writing has no errors or typos that's a red flag Mm. it's like i got All all right so if I got replaced by a robot, they had to, like, stick a magnet on its forehead to get it to my level. Because my brain works really well in some directions and is diagnosably broken in others. Uh, but so you were saying that you, that you played a, uh, a patched version of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure for the Super Nintendo? Oh, yes. Well, knowing that this episode was coming up on our podcast, I decided to try and look at some old classics that we once tried to muddle through in Japanese. And that brings mm-hmm. us to today's episode. Um, Translation Nation, should we call it? Or our uh, never-ending uh, quest to play games that were beyond our abilities to understand? Give it a snappy episode title. <laughs> a snappy episode title. Uh, well, I mean, Lost in Translation is, is, is kind of almost too obvious. but I like Richard and Carl's Bizarre Adventure, but we're not just going straight on JoJo's. Oh no no, we we got we have lots of uh, well I mean a lot of Gundam Gundam is one of the main main untranslated games that we've definitely played together but I mean JoJo's Bizarre Adventure did show up in Jump Ultimate Stars which was an excellent game for the DS. I think that's a great place to start our episode. So <laughs> Jump Ultimate Stars for those who are only casually following our nonsense that comes out of our face holes is the most Mm -hmm. ambitious crossover game I think I've ever played, even though they're technically all owned by the same studio. Like, Nickelodeon Nightmares got nothing on this. Ultimate Stars is, is like... There's got to be, like, 20 or, or 25 different franchises all rolled up into a, into a fighting game where you create your team by creating a, a panel of, of manga pictures. I really love that. Like, we, you'd put two characters next to each other from different series, and sometime dialogue would come up, and I have no idea what I said, but I assumed they were friends. Mm-hmm. And the thing <laughs> yeah. is, this game definitely came out peak when me and you, Like, I had already been in an, into anime as long as I can remember. Like, when I still lived in Calgary, mm-hmm. I went and toured a dubbing studio. And I got a script from G mm-hmm. Gundam sitting in a desk somewhere. So, as soon as I realized anime was a thing, I was into it. But early 2000s to... Yeah, I'd say early 2000s is definitely when anime peaked for me. And this game introduced me Mm -hmm. to a lot of things simply because of the question of who is this character? Because you know what we didn't get in Canada? JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah. Um, We did did get quite a few of them, but like, there was like uh, Dr. Slump we also didn't get in North America. Um... Fist of the there North Star. There was that weird, like, pol- police officer one. Uh, Fist of the North Star, yeah, that's... The police officer, I think, is Kachikame, I think. I'm not sure. <laughs> and there's, like, some that, like, even going through the game, like, bo 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 
and uh bobo bobo bo, yeah and a little bit the, about the, like, weird little sun guy right and a bit about playing imported games is what was cool about the Nintendo DS is it didn't have any region locking, so we could just go to the local game store, and we actually managed to get two copies of this thing. Uh, yeah, the, the DS. I, I mean, like, also only sort of had region lock off, and suddenly you're playing your uh, Japanese Bomberman. I do really appreciate. Like, so when I <laughs> dropped into E.C. Myers' stream the other day, we were talking Japanese region locking and how some people do fancy things like import a console or import an adapter. And I'm like, yeah, no, we use pliers. That's how we played Bomberman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Game Boy had a similar, similar um, plastic... To unreason long. I think the only game I ever played in Japanese on the Game Boy was uh, like Pokemon Green, original like I mean, Japanese Pokemon. The fact game. you got your hands on that is pretty majestic. I still appreciate. So when we back when we had our stone gaming cave slash your basement, when we had the TV on top mm -hmm. of the TV for playing Bomberman in between rounds of playing Nintendo Wii. Uh, yeah, that was, that was awesome. <laughs> uh, TV-ception. But to transition to the next series of games we attempted to play that were very clearly not meant for us in a language we could not understand with pure ambition in our hearts, we get to SD Gundam Capsule Fighter. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, it is difficult to sign up for a Taiwanese... Uh, a game because they have they have way stricter security protocols uh, to make sure that you know people, the wrong like people us don't, don't do exactly what we did. <laughs> <To stop. laughs> yeah, I mean, so you have to try and like try navigate these like Taiwanese gacha uh, things, and uh, you have to give them like a Taiwanese postal code, and like. I mean, you don't necessarily have to be at the postal code. You just they just ask you what you know. Give us a postal code. You're like, hey, here you go. Yeah, this like this is one. Thankfully, we, we would only be tried as miners for light treason, so I think we'd be fine. <laughs> for, for light treason, we were just trying to play Gundam. Like on that note, like I always remember when me and my brother imported a Japanese PlayStation Two to get some region exclusive titles because that's where all the cool giant robot games were. Mm. Our first one was. Naruto game ninjas it was ultimate ninja 4 I think and mm. that was pretty straightforward because it was mostly a fighting game and since we lived in the middle of geographic nowhere Saskatchewan where downloading a video would take like 20 minutes to watch a 20 no mm -hmm. it took hours it took hours to buffer a single online video from our internet connection trying to figure out a Japanese Naruto mm, game yeah no issue but one of the things that stopped me the hardest was in one crossover game called Ace, Another Century's Episode. It was a crossover of all the giant robot mecha animes, and I only knew like three that mm. were in the game. And then there's like another 30 I had no idea. There's one stage that whenever you flew off the ground, a giant laser can would shoot you out of the sky. And I cannot tell you how long Ooh. it took me to figure out that I had to stay on the ground and slowly walk through the stage with none of the instructions being <laughs> in English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
That's that is fair. <laughs> like so, Japanese PlayStation Two. It was definitely I mostly for Japanese only titles went for various anime games. But if we scroll back to the mm. Super Nintendo's only titles, I've definitely played a couple interesting ones with you. One of them that comes to mind oh, was... Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, what, what were your favorites? Well, that Pocky and Rocky one was really interesting. I don't know if that was ever mm, in North Pocky, and Ro Pocky and Rocky was actually a, a translated translated game. Oh! I, I think we even actually got Pocky and Rocky 2. That's interesting. In, in English. I know that there was a ninja one we played that I don't know. If we Shonen, Shonen Ninja Sasuke. That one's definitely never been translated, and, and that's like Shonen Ninja Sasuke is like the origin of the log jutsu trope, I think. And then well, pretty of, close. Of course, the side-scrolling SD Gundam game, which we need to play a stream on some point because it's just so beautiful in its simplicity. <laughs> definitely. Also, any <laughs> it game is where pretty we, awesome. Also. Any game we can play co-op and then fight each other to the death afterward is just our aesthetic as friends. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, and yeah, I'm trying to think because I was looking at some of the games because there's a few Dragon Ball Z ones, but they're mostly fighters. There's a needlessly mm -hmm. complicated turn-based Gundam strategy game, which I found a translation patch for to attempt to play at some point. Ooh, yeah. So... You have your army in space, and then you can, like, go into sub-maps on the planets. It's and then you can surround planets with with units so the people are trapped on the planet. I mean, it's a game <laughs> that makes Fire Emblem look uh, like it's for amateurs. Complicated. Like, when you make Fire Emblem look simplistic. Also, the Fire Emblem for Super Nintendo we never got out here is one of the better ones. I, I definitely played the Fire Emblem for Super Nintendo. Uh, interestingly enough, I don't even think I had to patch it. I think some I managed to find a patched version of it they, someone else had patched it weirdly the coolest thing that particular fire emblem did was the every single individual battle map actually made a full world i'm like why have you not done that since that's so cool such a small detail i loved so much <laughs> oh and then as we go forward <laughs> in time i forced so many gundam games down your throat like when we got to ps3 when gundam breaker came out Although yeah, I, I managed to skip over Gundam Breaker 2, but, but Gundam Breaker 1 and Gundam Breaker 3 were pretty excellent. Like, we put a lot of hours into... Because I will say, the gameplay of it was very Dynasty Warriors, which, take it or leave it, you're smashing things, killing troops. But earning custom pieces to customize mm. your perfect 3D model kit, working on getting the weathering just right, and having your needless gimmick perfect, that is, like, a peak way to spend and a day with friends. <laughs> And then, and then trying to uh, like figure out which parts enhance the the attacks that you want, and it's like, oh, I can like this thing does shield because I recognize those characters. Or I know I hit a point where I figured out which number was attack power. I'm just like, okay, my giant robot has a sword, and as much attack power as is possible in this game, I believe in me. <laughs> so I was also looking at. Uh, oh, go ahead. Well, I was. I was gonna segue. Oh no, you 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 cut out. I I am very concerned. Yeah, your voice cut out a bit there. I'm mildly concerned that you must have mentioned a Nintendo game and they attacked your voice line. <laughs> no, no. Um, I was gonna say one of my one of my favorite uh, 
untranslated games to uh, to talk about is uh, the original Super Smash Bros. Oh no, your oh, voice went all robotic again. Novelty. Pause. So it went cut oh, out, dear. cut out, cut out. A novelty. So let's try the Smash Bros. story again. Uh, well, so I I uh, managed to get a uh, Japanese version of Smash Bros. downloaded Wii. Um, and uh, initially I didn't mean to get the Japanese version, but I kept it for the for the novelty. Uh, but when I tried to switch back to the English version, I found out uh, that they had made a change to the sound design. Um, where in the Japanese version, when you hit people, it was like, Bish! Where in the English version, it's more like, And I found the, the English version very annoying. So like the Japanese version. I also really appreciate that Jigglypuff turns into Purin. And Bowser turns into Koopa. <laughs> well, I, I actually... Oh, I guess it was in Smash Bros. Melee that Bowser turns into Koopa. Uh, uh, it is like the same announcer voice. Uh, but then Jigglypuff's just like, no, we, we translate that to the local version. Uh, but yeah, so I'm trying to think as well, because... I've looked it up, and there isn't a ton of Nintendo 64 games we didn't get over here. I think it's just Custom Robo 64. Super Nintendo has all of the anime games, uh, like so many side-scroll Sailor Moon games that would actually be a worthwhile adventure for us to play through. Sorry, my co-host, you got hit by another lag spike. Take a 30-second pause, and then try again. What? No, you seem to be trapped in like a pocket dimension or an infinite Tsukiyomi or something. Alright, please hold one moment. Any better? Are you any better? Yes. Maybe. Okay, you're coming through clearly now. Alright. Without skipping a beat, because we do these uh, in one take. <laughs> Only amateurs do two takes. So instead, I'll just have a solid minute of technical <laughs> noise and do one take, because I am committed. The, that is some commitment. Uh, I was just saying that I, I just remembered I played a, um, a, a Sailor Moon uh, platformer for Game Boy that was Japanese, and a uh, it was patched, so it, it was mostly in English, but I also played a Japanese... Um, Sailor Moon RPG on the Super Nintendo. That was a lot of fun. That definitely looks interesting. I mean, shout out to Sailor Moon, just a great series. I stand by it. <laughs> I do not retract my statement, but moving on to like generational consoles, I found that PS3 is about where it stopped having actually exclusive games, and by the time we got to PS4, there just wasn't any Japanese exclusive titles anymore. Like, I think the last thing that I actually imported was... So, for whatever reason, back when my brother was more ambitious in his video game tastes, he imported a PS Vita TV from Japan. No, he was just in Japan and bought it. And it was literally a Vita that plugs into a TV. That makes sense. And then we were playing a Digimon game on it that then later came out in English on PS4, which was almost kind of defeating. 
I recall having you play that for my amusement and you being defeated because your Digimon just didn't get a final evolution because they hated you in particular. Uh, yeah, that was sad. So now, I thought he was going to be such a cool Digimon. So now we're at the point where it's interesting to see... It's like we have to look backward to see what titles we missed. Like, for the GameCube, mm. I was looking at what exclusives exist, and then there's Dragon Ball One Piece Naruto Stadium. <laughs> uh, it doesn't require a lot of, a lot of know-how to actually play, uh, but it is an interesting, interesting fighting game. Also, we never even got on the topic of SD Gundam Gachapon Wars. Well, I mean, if if, if uh, viewers want to or listeners want to know more about SD Gundam Gachapon Wars, we uh, we are regularly streaming that for the next while here until we get the speedrun record so i actually sent an email to a speedrunning community that i follow asking if because they're doing a charity stream in winter and i'm going to ask you live on this stream if we want to attempt to actually do a speedrun of this game because no one else has speedrun it technically if we set a category and then do it we will have the record oh. <laughs> so they're doing like a marathon speedrun speed yeah they're doing a oh. marathon thing if you have to speedrun your game in one sitting for charity it's a thing I'm looking into doing, because it's true. If we set a goal, like, we consider the end of the game being beating freedom mode, and then we have to try and do that as fast as possible. Until someone challenges us, we have the record. Uh, that would be would be interesting. Um, I mean, I, I would be down to try and, try and legitimately speedrun that, that game, because it's just kind of funny. That is fair. So that's another fantastic one that... We imported, played a ton of, have actual discs of it, and then went back and started mm -hmm. playing through it again recently. But for the GameCube, mm -hmm. other than a couple Naruto games and a couple Zoids games and one Gundam game, there isn't a whole lot of things left to import on the GameCube. Amusingly, the one mm. Gundam game they do have, I just have in English on the PS2, and only the GameCube ones is only Japanese. <laughs> That's kind of funny. And let's see, like, uh, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna. Yeah, I think we've uh, we've touched on most. We move on to our uh, random questions of of the week. Okay, so first uh, which off, the first random question. Go ahead, or do yeah. am I saying it? Well, I was. I was just gonna say the first random question. Uh, we'll just uh, say is what is your dream vacation that's alright so my dream vacation at this exact moment in time would be going to so I've, I put a lot of thought on this and I'm pretty sure what I want to do right now is rent like a cabin with decent Wi-Fi, or like when my work did a work retreat we stayed in like a nice skiing village not with any intention of skiing but I want like an open air hot tub with cool winter air in front of it and just a nice room to work on my projects for a bit. Like a romantic retreat that can entertain my girlfriend for like six hours while I write, and then we resume a romantic retreat. That is my dream vacation at the moment. It needs to have like, especially in uh, this weather, I want a hot tub with cool air. It would be delightful. Uh, that definitely does sound very, uh, very dreamy. Uh, my, my dream vacation, uh, well... <clears throat> 
I mean, uh, there's an anime slash manga called uh, Aria, where uh, Venice sinks into the ocean and then they rebuild it on Mars. Uh, and ever, ever since reading it, it's just like a, it's a slice of life manga where this uh, girl goes to Venice to become a gondolier uh, and, you know, ferry people around in, in the in the city. Uh, but uh, I've always kind of wanted to go visit Venice and it would be even cooler if it was on Mars. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't have anyone to, you know, share a romantic... Uh, follow Gondola us on Patreon so we can send Carl to Venice on Mars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll go How by myself. How much would that I don't cost? How sad no, I'll come with you to Venice on Mars. Are you kidding me? We can well, have a couple. I, you didn't come. You didn't come with me to Japan. What was up with that? I kept my cat in our house alive <laughs> because, sure enough, when you and my brother came back from your family trip without me. I made sure the lights were on. I made sure that you came home to a loving home. And if we go on a romantic <laughs> retreat together, my girlfriend just requests pictures. <laughs> oh, great. And, and uh, what's our random dragon question of the week? All right. So this one, and keep in mind, if we use your random questions on our episodes, you can win a free digital deluxe copy of the Waltz of Blades Deluxe. That's twice the deluxe. Can you run a D&D campaign with no dragons? Uh, what well, a whole campaign with no dragons showing up uh, it does sound like it would be quite quite the feat. I mean, a single session for sure. That you know, like one shots often don't have dragons, but I mean, it's it's Dungeons and Dragons. If you don't have some dungeons and some dragons, I don't I don't think you're doing it right. The thing that would make it exceptionally impossible if you're running a full length D and D campaign. <laughs> is dragons are so embedded in D&D lore, like the currency, a gold coin is called a dragon in Waterdeep. You have dragon spells, dragon attacks, dragon companions. So to go through without mentioning dragons at all, I don't think there's a single like pre-written Wizard of the Coast adventure that would do it. So you'd almost mm. have to try not to. And if you're running Dungeons and Dragons going out of your way to make sure there's no dragons at all, then at that point, why not go golfing or something? <laughs> or, you know, more rashly play like the Stargate RPG, which for the record has exactly one dragon in it. Exactly one dragon in the Stargate RPG. Yeah, when I was watching Even one of the later seasons dragons. of Stargate, there's like a hologram dragon that defended the treasure of King Arthur and it was the worst CGI I'd ever seen in my life. And it will stick with me forever. <laughs> <laughs> and, and with that, uh, I think uh, we should bid you all adieu. Uh, hopefully you enjoy your afternoon, if that's what time it is where you are. And, and if, if it, that's not, well then hopefully you can look forward to whenever the next afternoon is. And if for whatever reason you felt the need to listen to our podcast at 3 in the morning, and you're sleep deprived and think to yourself, I should go to bed, I recommend that. But I'm not going to judge if you don't. Thank you for tuning in and take care. Have a smiley day. Bye.